Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's raising the vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. We're at LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, Podbean, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. There are more, but that's all I've memorized. They're all at LiveParanormal.com. You can find them all. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host, and I'm at SheenaMetal.com. And it's wonderful to be here with you all every Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m., 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, Raising the Vibration Radio was the first outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016 to carry on my mom's teachings, both spiritual and humane, after she passed. This week is the six-year anniversary of her death. It was last Friday. So I'm thinking a lot about her and why I founded this nonprofit and how glad I am that I did. Everything has come from there. It is really my ministry in so many ways. And... As the movement, RaisingTheVibration.org, is about peace, love, kindness, and unity, this show is really about ascension, involvement, inspiration, and love. Uh, What are you doing to raise your own personal vibration? How is that playing into your overall involvement? What are you doing to take those two things to inspire other people? And then how are you throwing so much love into the world? In essence, this show is about service. It's about passion. It's about being your best you. What are you doing to make the world a better place? So every week on the show, I gather guests from my entertainment life, from my spiritual life, from my give back life, all of my lives combined, and we talk about what to do to make the world a better place. And my guest today is certainly no stranger to any of those things. She's a wonderfully talented spiritual practitioner, a psychic medium. She's a teacher. Um, She's a very friendly witch, a very good witch, and uh, just an all-around wonderful person who really understands what it means to raise your vibration and what it means that, that what you're doing in the world right now is playing into what is happening with everyone else in the world. That We're all just little cogs in the wheel, right? Please welcome to the show the wonderful Melissa St. Hilaire. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to hear from you. Hi, Sheena. So good to be back. And I just wanted to quickly say, um, you, know, my, you know, my condolences, of course, always on your, on your loss. Thank you. And Thank you. Every, time, every time I share space with you, whether it's in person or, you know, like this, I always, I always feel her presence around you, and it just, it's, it's just so incredibly loving and comforting. It sometimes it almost makes me, I, I'm tired of tears coming to my eyes right now, just trying to ex- oh, express this. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, um, I'm, I'm living a lot now, 
uh, at my home in Huntington Beach where I inherited my mom's house and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what are we doing there and where am I living and what's happening and where do I want to be. And I met with a real estate agent yesterday who was, interestingly enough, a friend of my mom's who used to live behind us. So I've known her since I was 13. And two things I found very interesting. I met her partner, her real estate partner, probably much younger than me. It was interesting that she at first didn't know my mom had passed by the way I talk about her. And then mm-hmm. I was just repeating things my mom said, and they were both laughing so hard. And she said, oh, I, I just really feel like your mom was just this amazing person, and I missed out on knowing her. I probably hear that like three times a week from different people. And oh. people are consistently saying to me, I feel so, I'm so sorry I missed out on knowing her. And I think, yes, y'all did, and she's amazing. But <laughs> number two part to that question, to the, the answer to that question, is you don't really have to miss out on somebody, right? And that's really why I founded the nonprofit, and that's really why I do this show, because you can keep the wonderful memory of amazing people and animals and energies alive by continuing to tell their stories, right? Exactly. And and I would and being a medium, <laughs> I would take it a step further and say that they are alive, just in a different way. Yep. You know, you yep. know, and mm-hmm. um, and the more that we talk to them. Whether they're, you know, love, whether they're humans or animals, um, but the more that we talk to them, you know, the more alive they are, you know. So it's not just the memory; it's also their their energy, their life force. You know, there's still there's still something left, you know. And and it's funny because I have I have all these conversations with people who, you know skeptics and true from skeptics to true believers about you know mediumship and you know afterlife and stuff like that and you know even the people who are the most like hardcore skeptics they'll come up to me and they'll be like you you don't you can't really speak to people who have passed right it's not really real that's not really it's just, you're just pretending right and I'll be like well I, I don't think so you know and and then they try to like downplay it so much and then and then <laughs> out of the blue, they'll share some story like, well, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but, you know, you know, I was thinking about my grandfather and, and he loved dolphins and I was staring at the beach and I was thinking about him. And then all of a sudden the dolphin popped up out of the ocean. Isn't that an amazing coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. it's not a coincidence. Right. <laughs> and that's it with my mom. It's hummingbirds. Like, I mean, it's not like I don't talk to my mom all the time, but if she has a message for me and I'm not listening, a hummingbird will show up. Or even if I'm just happy, a hummingbird will show up. It's um, um, it's always the hummingbirds. And three years ago, you'll remember when I, when I, my, when my knees got damaged in that musical and I was walking, could barely walk. And I had just started physical therapy and I was walking on a cane trying to figure out whether I was going to walk on a walker. And I had literally extended my car lease to the very last moment because I was in so much pain. I didn't want to deal with going to the dealership and taking everything out of the trunk and putting it in the new car. Like, that's how much pain I was in. So I went to um, – I kept telling myself, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to let them come take the car. I'm going to pay the penalties, whatever it is. And I was trying <laughs> to walk to my car to get in my car to go, and this hummingbird – I had my first physical therapy appointment after the car lease thing, and I was like, I'm just going to skip it. I can't do it. This hummingbird literally came, Melissa, and got in my face. Like, this thing was like an inch from my face. 
And as I walked <laughs> forward to the car, it was flying backwards. And I was like, okay, Mom, I got it. I'll take care of the car. I'll start the physical therapy. Oh, you know, and the thing about the car was was that when I had gone through a time of not great credit because, well, you know, that happens when you date a narcissist, um, I, my mom had signed for the car, co-signed for that lease, and then she died a week later. So it was literally the last thing I had of her, and I was having such a hard time letting it go. I knew it wasn't smart to keep it. I knew the smart thing was to let it go and get another lease. But because it was the last gift that she gave me, it was so hard to let it go. And then that hummingbird right in my face, like, how many times do I have to tell you, get rid of the car and get into a new one? So I did. And it amazes me how often the hummingbirds come around. Birds are I mean, we think we're mediums, right? Birds are the most amazing right. trance mediums in the world. Oh, they are. They're truly amazing. You know, I mean, all the way back to the, you know, the belief that crows or ravens, you know, carry the spirits of the dead, you know, and things like that. And I, 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 I it's funny because I get hummingbirds too. That's sort of my, mm-hmm. um, my go-to for, for a lot of things, but my biggest, the biggest bird that shows up in my life is a mockingbird. And oh, it's weird. Yeah, and it's weird because it's funny because I'll get hummingbirds a lot, but they usually, for some reason, they usually represent um, the cats that I've tried to rescue but lost, you know, and if I'm feeling sad oh, about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Like I've had, like I There's lost one. There's an irony one. there, right? I know. I lost, I lost one that I, tried, that I was just so attached to, and he was so special, but it was really hard to housebreak. And uh, unfortunately, he got poisons or some, somehow out in the wild. And um, I was sitting in the backyard bawling my eyes out about it, you know. And then this, a hummingbird came and swooped right around my head as if to say, like, you know, it, it's, it's okay. You know, you did the best that you could. It's okay, you know. Um, but with the mockingbirds, my grandmother loved mockingbirds. She just loved them. And she used to always say that if she could come back as if she could choose any creature to come back as she would choose a mockingbird because then she could sing all the birds songs. And I used to think that was so beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? And then uh, shortly after I bought my house, I went through some, uh, a really, really, really hard, like a full blown, like rug pulled out from under me life crisis where up was down. And I didn't even know if I wanted to exist on this planet anymore and I, you know, I would spend nights just bawling my eyes. I'd cry myself to sleep every night. And a mockingbird <laughs> showed up and would just sit outside my bedroom window and just sing all night long at night. And I thought, this is the craziest. I thought birds only sang in the daytime. Like, what is happening? And that, in the beginning, I was annoyed because I was like, this damn bird. <laughs> you know, like... I, I have chronic insomnia. It's hard for me to get to sleep anyway. Now this damn bird is keeping me up all night. And then at one point, I just, it was like, you know, when you have the moment, like the light bulb moment, and you're like, wait a minute, is this my grandma? And I stepped outside, and I was just like, grandma, is that you? Is that you? And the bird stopped singing and never sang again during the night to bug me, but will sing during, but just stays in my yard. I've had this mocking, I assume it's the same one. I don't know how long they live, but I've had the same mockingbird in my yard now for years. And whenever I, you know, have a tough day, I can hear it. And I say, hi, Grammy. 
<laughs> it's amazing. I love that. I love that. My grandmother had the same thing with cardinals, but I never see them. She was, like, Aww. obsessed with cardinals. But my mom and the hummingbirds, funny? like, sometimes when at the house, my mom would sit, like, you know, in her easy chair, because that generation, right? And um, mm-hmm. the screen door would be open, and I would come home to her house to visit her, and there would be, like, six hummingbirds hovering in front of the screen door. And I'd be like, Aww. what are you doing, Mom? She's like, just hanging with my birds. So she had that <laughs> love of hummingbirds. So I'm not surprised she came back as one. As a matter of fact, when I was first cleaning out her house when she first passed, I would go there every day by myself once a week and do as much as I could and then come back to the valley because I was working, you know, in a studio five days a week. So I didn't have the time. And I got all the way upstairs to the second floor, all the way to the very back of the house, which was my bathroom. The door was closed, and I opened up the door, and the window was closed. I opened up the door, and there was a hummingbird sitting on the vanity light, <gasps> this little red and white hummingbird. Just to, How did that hummingbird get into the house? How did it get in? <laughs> and I opened up the window, and it wouldn't leave. And I worked on the Aww. house that day, and when I went to leave, it was still sitting there. So I literally cut the screen out and, and pinned it with a push pin against the wall so it would have the opportunity to leave at its leisure. And my biggest fear was going back there the next day. I was so scared the little thing would, would be dead like it was ill. And I went back right. the next day and it was gone. And I never saw it again. But how did Aww. it get in the house? You know, That's so I amazing. think that you deal with that, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I love it though. I mean, that's 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 why I do what I do. I love this stuff. You know, like it just the the un the unknown, the unseen world. It just so fascinates me. You know, like all the things that you know. We have all the things that science can measure, but then there's all the things that science can't measure. What I but I hope they can one day. That's like that's my big secret dream is to someday like tie science and you know, our woo-woo world together so we can say, like, look, see, you can talk to the dead. It's real. <laughs> Absolutely. I always talk about um, all the time how science and spirituality are just two sides of the same coin. They're the same thing. We just yeah, think of those things true. in two separate ways. Do you know that's what I mean? So Even true. when you look at holistic medicine and Western, Western and Eastern medicine, right, it's the same mm-hmm. stuff. It's just done in different ways. You're just using different products, but they're things that do the exact same thing. Are you taking an anti-inflammatory that's made in the lab, or are you taking turmeric? It doesn't matter right. because it's, it's the, the result is the same, and it's just your choice. Do you know what I mean? Are you believing when you go to a graveyard and sit in front of a gravestone that a spirit is watching over you or is living in the body inside the grave? Or are you wandering around feeling like you can connect with that person anywhere? It doesn't matter. It's just right. tradition. But it, it's all the same. Right. It's true. That's it's what all I always say to people about, about the, the things that I believe in. I'm like, well, that's okay. <laughs> I have a big joke with my nephew because he doesn't believe in Bigfoot. And I always tell Aww. him, well, that's Bigfoot believes in you, honey. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you don't have to believe. You don't have to believe in God. God still believes in you. So, right. Yeah. You know, uh, I love it. You know, and I, and it's, uh, for me, it's fun too when I'm teaching mediumship and say someone you know comes in and 
you know, takes the class just out of curiosity. Like they don't really have any, you know, they, they haven't really tried, you know. And it's super fun when that, that moment happens, when you, when you see it click for them, and then they realize that they've been basically talking to spirits and hearing spirits their whole lives, but they just didn't even realize it. Right. You know, I love that. It's such a magical moment because it's like, and then they, and then you watch them put the pieces of the puzzle together. What? Like, oh, wow, well, when this coincidence happened or this synchronicity happened, oh, it all lines up, you know? <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. I don't know if I mentioned to you, Sheena, I'm teaching another class. I keep forgetting that I have to, like, tell this to people. I have another mediumship class coming up, too. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, mostly when you teach, are you, are you helping others enhance their gifts? I mean, that's very much part of your service, right, sweetheart? Yes, that is 110% my service. Because even though I do, um, you know, readings, mediumship and intuitive readings, as well as spells to help out people, my big mission, my big goal in life is to get to a point where I don't have to because the people that, are, that would be my clients have learned how to do it for themselves, which I realize is kind of dumb because it, it kind of phases out my own job. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I want, you know, I, I love – like, I love opening other people up to the experience, and I truly believe that we are all capable of mediumship. Some may have a harder time at it than others. Some may more, you know, some are just natural born mediums. But I truly believe we are all capable of hearing our ancestors and our loved ones and, and experiencing them and, um, and getting messages from them in whatever way that is. And that's what my next class is going to be because I want to sort of, it's going to be a really, like my previous class is only six classes and this one is nine, so it goes in way, way deeper. And in this one, I'm going to sort of go through all of the major clairs and help people to, you know, tap in, like one class will be all clairvoyance and we'll take that, you know, a deep dive with guided meditation and psychic exercises and then spells that help us to, open those abilities up. And I'm going to do that for like, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience, et cetera, all the way down. I picked out eight total clairs that I'm going to work on um, for everybody just to sort of like, and I've never done this before. This is my first time taking mediumship to this <laughs> extra deep level that I had to do for myself years ago when I was training to be able to do this for a living. So now I'm finally sort of taking all of my, intense training and sharing it with people. So it's, it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. I believe that all of us light workers, we all can do pretty much everything. I mean, I can do yeah. pretty much anything you need me to do. Um, yeah. It looks like jack of all trades when you look at my website. But it's kind of <laughs> like being a student of psychology, right? I think about that because my girlfriend is a therapist, and her daughter is studying to be a psychologist, a sex therapist, interestingly enough. And so um, I'm seeing her take all her first classes in school. And um, you have to study every kind of psychology, right? But then if you do your PhD, you pick the thing for your dissertation that is the specific thing. And I think that most of us right. as lightworkers do the same thing. Yours is that, right? Mine is um, helping empaths to assimilate better to a three-dimensional world. And oh, I didn't I love ask that. for that to be my thing. That just became my thing. Like, it just kind of happened. Empaths kept coming to me with the same questions or people who were empathic that had been 
burn very badly in narcissistic relationships with friends, family, partners, work, whatever the story was. And it just kind of became my thing. And yeah. um, that's a beautiful I didn't gift to be able to do. To be. That's it's, beautiful. It's, you know, um, I get so many clients that have that problem. You know what I mean? Like I get Me tons of clients yeah. who are like, um, you know, they're spun about for some reason, you know, and they, they don't even really need a reading. They already know what they need to do, but for whatever reason, they're sort of second-guessing their own gut, you know, and I, I, I have a lot of sessions where it's me just basically validating someone and just saying, you, you, you're intuitive. You already know the answer to your questions. You have to just, you know, you have to, because, you know, sometimes people get, they get gaslit by a narcissist and then they oh, don't yeah. trust their own instincts anymore, you know, it's terrible. Of course, and, there's a, and empaths are like food for narcissists. Oh, my God, right? yes. I mean, empath narcissists yes. sort of energetically yum, 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 yum on narcissists all day long because they burn so bright and their energy is so nummy. I'll say the client's like, you know, your boss, you're like a big cheeseburger that never, no matter how much he eats, it never stops. <laughs> right. And, and also true. I think even, even without the narcissist element in there, um, it's just hard for empaths, right? It's hard to feel everybody's yeah. feels. And I know you and I have oh, talked about totally this is. personally a lot just as friends, um, you know, how situations will happen with people not acting in their best selves. And we're somewhere Mm -hmm. crying in a closet, and they're going on like nothing ever happened because they just don't have that same level of of emotional and spiritual input that they take in, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, and it's, it's hard, too, for, I feel like for, you know, young empaths, you know, who are just going to, you know, they're in school or what have you, because I know that was hard. I didn't know the word empath. I mean, aside from like, you know, Star Trek, I didn't really know what an empath was when I was in high school. I just knew that I would get really, really nervous and sweaty and uncomfortable in crowded situations. And if I was in a good mood going to school in the morning, halfway through the day, I could suddenly be in a terrible mood and not even know why. Nothing would have happened. You know what I mean? I would just know that all of a sudden right. I would be, you know, running to the counselor, bawling my eyes out and would not a clue why, which no surprise, I was labeled as, you know, um, depression with depression and social anxiety. <laughs> of course, but, you know, of course, yes. Uh, right? You know, but, I, but after years of trial and tribulation and being medicated and seeing therapists and so on and so forth, you know, I, now I know I was just too damn empathic. You know, I was feeling people too strongly I and I didn't know how to shield myself. You know? Yes. So true, right? I mean, I start my empath classes out by always saying, congratulations, you're an empath, and my condolences, you're an empath. Because it, it is <laughs> that, right? It's beautiful, and at the same time, it's terrifying. Yeah, I used to call it a blessing and a curse, you know, because that's that's what my grandma would say, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And And I tell my clients a lot that it's the, the, I'm sorry? Oh, I was just going to say it's only, and it's only a curse if you, if you don't, if you don't have the tools to handle it, you know, once you have the tools to handle it, it's all blessings, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell my clients all the time. You will learn that the worst thing that you, the thing that you now think is the worst thing about you, you will learn it's actually the most beautiful thing about you. It just takes time to learn how to do it. 
Yeah. Oh, to learn how to make beautiful. it work, right? I just to learn how to not when you said cr- that. <laughs> right? Because it is. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. You just need to learn how to control it and assimilate into the world. And I don't know why this has become my thing, but because it wasn't terribly difficult for me. I mean, yes, I spent a lot of time crying in the closet, but and of course I had the anxiety diagnosis and I was agoraphobic and I had the social phobia and all that stuff. But I just honestly thought that was me and just like a chemical thing. It never, it was like a big tragedy for me. When I became an empath and realized all empaths had that stuff, I was like, oh, interesting. Right. But I feel bad for people who have had it so bad. You know, I feel terrible for, and people who didn't have anybody to talk about. I went went to my mom thinking I was crazy, and she was like, oh, Christ, I got that too. So, you know what I mean? um, (laughs) Well, exactly, especially... Oh, I was just going to say, especially for, I was going to say, my, like, especially for, like, a, a certain generations, too, I think, depending on, like, the environment that you grew up in, because, you know, my dad had a tough time growing up, because he was always a super extra sensitive kid, you know, and, and I share a mediumship with him, which I didn't discover until I was an adult, because he never talked about it until I, I told him about a mediumship experience, and then all of a sudden, it was like the floodgates opened, and he shared all of his with me. And, but, you know, when he was a kid, his, he had, a, he had a bunch of brothers, big Catholic family and, and, uh, and also a sister, but all of his siblings were super like outgoing and extroverts and what have you. And my dad is like a shy introvert because, you know, introverts can also be outgoing, but he's like both shy and an introvert. And, um, and when he was younger, like, all he wanted to do on weekends was sit in his room and play guitar and read books, you know, like Shakespeare was his favorite thing. And my grandfather would constantly yell at him and be like, what are you doing inside reading a book on a Friday or a Saturday? You know, go outside and play football with your brothers. Right. Exactly. Go out and get someone pregnant. Right. Yeah. Go drink some brews. You know, and it's like, what? He doesn't uh-huh. want to do that. You know, he wants to just sit in his room and be chill and make art and music and stuff, man. You know? <laughs> you know so, what's really you know, interesting? It's like, hard. Mm-hmm. Your, your dad was a cat. <laughs> like you rescue all these cats, but your dad was basically a cat. That's a really good point. That is true. <laughs> we true. have um, we just do... adopted a kitten, and my, my girlfriend oh. and her kids have never had a cat before. Oh, my little love, my Cullen, my soulmate, Aww. that boy. And I'll go away and they'll, I'll come back and they'll be like, Cullen didn't do anything this afternoon but lay in the sun. Is he okay? I'm like, he's a cat. <laughs> That's what they do. So you know what I mean? I mean, people have different personalities and some people have that cat personality and your dad definitely had that. Yeah, and I definitely have a cat personality. I could just sit in my house for like days on end and not, you know what I mean, and just snack and lounge and be perfectly content. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I mean, it's so funny because um, I've had people say to me, like, it's like you don't leave the house. And I said, well, you know what? I probably have not had the opportunity to be home this much before COVID since I was like 14 years old. I mean, it used to be every day was filled with you know, I'd get up, I'd have a lunch, then I'd have to go to a meeting, then I'd go to the studio, then I'd have another dinner meeting afterwards, and then an event after that, and I'd get home at midnight and do it all again. It's wow. been so nice 
not to have to be all those places. So, hell, yeah, every day I don't have to be somewhere, I'm going to be in the house in my jammy jams because someday the world will come back and I'll have to put my extrovert armor over my introvert self again and go out and do all right. that stuff. But, man, it has sure been nice to not have to be somewhere all the time and be able to, like, is be it, a cat. Is it terrible that I kind of dread the day that we do have to, like, go back up? <laughs> no, I kind of do, too. I kind of do, too. I mean, obviously, I want the I world to be open back up. Like this. Well, luckily, you know, both these shows that I do here and the for Life Paranormal iHeart and also the um, my television show I do for KGRA, my web TV show, my talk show, um, they'll never be in a studio, so I don't ever have to do that again. Um, nice. That's cool. I mean, I would do it under circum- the right circumstances, but I'm not crying because I don't have it. Um, right. I don't mind going out to teach in person because it's like a one-off. I love right. to socialize with people, but I don't know that we're ever going to stack that many things on top of each other again. I think people have just changed. It feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like everything has gotten much slower, but I I don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And and I also feel like it makes the the particular social interactions that you do have or that we do have, um, you know, more important. You know, like if you're just out bopping around all the time, you can take your friends for granted. But when you have these, like, precious moments where you can get together, all of a sudden it's a reminder of, like, how much you love these people and and celebrate being in their presence, you know. I, I completely, totally agree. Yeah, it's nice. And it's nice to just have time to just be be by yourself and recharge. And I guess I, oh, I love really it. realized I did that until this lockdown came. Because I'm you know, the it's person funny, that will push and push and push. You know, it's funny, though, is the lockdown actually made me busier in a lot of ways. I mean, I can still be home and do it. But, like, before the lockdown, oh, I yeah. wasn't I just I wasn't as busy. It's just very strange. <laughs> completely busy and there's tons and tons of things I want to do and I can do. I just need to find the time to do them. But I love the energy of having to always be out somewhere. I don't know. Like I loved it when I was doing it, but now I'm enjoying it just being a little different. And like I said, I know when the world opens up, I'll start traveling again. And, you know, traveling is exhausting. So I know that will happen. And so it's nice to not have to just, like, this is a nice downtime until that happens. It is. Yeah, I love, I love it, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm supposed to travel in the summer, and I'm very nervous about it because, you know, I keep watching, like, the trends, you know, and it's like, oh, it looks like it's getting better, and then you read some horrifying headline, and, oh, no, it's getting worse over in this other part of the world. It's like, darn it, am I going to be able to travel? I don't know. <laughs> Where are you supposed to go, and is it for business or pleasure? Well, this one is is for pleasure, um, but it's a family situation because um, my stepdad just recently survived heart surgery, and he he also got a big bonus at work. So he Uh wants to treat my mom and myself to a trip to Italy. Oh, nice. So Yeah, so I've been, you know, reading a bunch about it. And like I read recently that Italy is something like ninety percent vaccinated, which kind of blew my mind. <laughs> but right, uh, right. 
but you know they're 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 saying they're lifting things, but then you know, but then some new variant comes in and like screws everything up. So it's like I don't. We're we're kind of like we're the plan yeah. is on, but There's we have all our fingers now. and toes crossed. Right. right. What is that? There's what? a new variant that just hit Europe, the Delta Cron. Now there's That's been, right. Now there've been so many. There've been so many COVIDs. Now we have to like double up the names and make hyphenates. Right. I know. We've already blown through the entire alphabet. <laughs> exactly. So now we got to put two of them together. So this is supposed to be like right. everything the Delta was and everything the Omicron was. Oh no. Jeez. Uh, so. I mean, we're going to have a global problem. Once we get through the terror of this and it stops spreading so rapidly and there's so much fewer cases, then we're going to have a whole other problem, which is what do we do with millions and millions of people whose immune systems are damaged from this disease? Right. We haven't even really begun to get there yet. Yeah, And what that's kind a of huge... continued protection are folks going to need? I mean, this, I had it in March of 2020, and I'm a long hauler, but I kind of believe everyone's a long hauler. It's just that I actually acknowledge that my shit is long haul. You know what I mean? I think everybody has problems afterwards. It's just what? But, I mean, I've had the craziest stuff, like stuff I haven't had a cold sore since college. I get those. Um, I had a thing with MRSA Mm. in my 30s. It came back. I hadn't had a UTI since I was 19. I had four of them in 2020. It's like your immune system wow. is just dinged, right? So all the things oh, that were wow, there yeah. come back. And um, I think that's going to be a problem as people age and as we move forward. And I think it's wonderful that we've worked so hard to find these vaccines uh, now that we have them, period, next paragraph. I think we need to start thinking about some kind of a, you know, protocol moving forward for what we're going to do to build people's immune systems back up. Because if people are going to be back out with people again, it's not just going to be COVID. It's going to be the cold and it's going to be the, the, the herpes one and it's going to be the, the mono and you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a big explosion of, of stuff. I mean, I just, you know, I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I don't think that I haven't gotten a single sinus infection or sore throat or cough or cold of any kind since the pandemic started, aside from mm-hmm. when, you know, but right before the lockdown when I was super, super sick and thought I was going to die. And then my doctor thinks I had COVID, but they, they weren't able oh, to confirm it. COVID. Right. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even breathe. I was like, every time I would cough, I would start to black out. So, I, I mean, I know I had it. Right. And, and what's sure. weird is since then, um, I have had a number of strange side effects. Like, um, I hadn't had an ovarian cyst for years, and then all of a sudden there I had go. another one, and, and I've been suffering from that for a while now. Um, uh-huh. I had, like, brain fog um, you know, well, that's a hundred percent COVID, right? That's a thing, right? Yeah, that is a real thing, and it sucks, you know. Because at first I was like, "Am I just getting over older? Is it just like the confusion of the pandemic?" But then sometimes you sit there and you're like, you can't recall like the simplest word that you know that you know, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like, know what's okay, funny is I can't get, mm-hmm. I can't get last names. Like, I'll oh, look no. at somebody, and their first name screams at me, and then I got nothing. And I oh, can't no. think of their last name. And that's happened since COVID. 
it's a like a random brain fog, right? But I know that um I know that my girlfriend got hit really bad with the brain fog and oh. kind of the apathy, there's that COVID thing where you don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. There's the COVID yeah. apathy where you suddenly feel nothing for anyone. It's like it's complete like dead. Yes. There's all kinds yeah. of like really I'm, strange things. But you know, I'm sure hang on. Sure that my mm-hmm. best friend has it right now. And she's taken oh, two COVID tests and they've been negative. But she's describing her symptoms, and I know it's COVID because it just never goes away. Like, it starts to get a little better, and then it gets worse. And that's another thing we have to think about. COVID testing is great, but sometimes you get a false negative, just like sometimes you get a false positive. And vaccines are great, but people who are vaxxed are still getting sick. So there is no foolproof. Like, I don't know why anybody's, like, at Dodger Stadium right now. Like, y'all got to be crazy. (laughs) If you haven't been through this, it's a blessing because so many people have, right? And then there's the – like, I have a friend who went to a conference in Michigan at the end of November of 2019 with a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of other parapeeps. And and one of them came sick, and by the end of the conference, they everyone there had it. And all of them were sick for months. And you know that was COVID, right? It was from the very beginning oh, of COVID. It was already in China then. Um, yeah. They just weren't acknowledging it was here, but it probably was. We just weren't paying attention to it. And so there's yeah, all these people that knew that had COVID in from November to March. Like I got it March 1st of 2020 before they really started testing people. When I got it, I called the doctor and said, can I come in and should I take a test? And the answer was, uh, we don't have any tests. And no, don't come in. We don't want anybody here. So... Wow. There was no way to test it, right? Yeah. But for people who had it, like when you had it, nobody was even really talking about it then. No, they weren't talking about it at all, you know, and and it's weird because I've had other weird, because I'm one of those people who, like, I always get sick when I fly somewhere. I just, as soon as I get in a tube and go through the air, boom, I'm sick. It's ridiculous. And so, like, my whole right. life that I've been flying, I've always carried, like, wet wipes and Purell. I would always wipe uh-huh. everything down, like, and um, and I had gotten sick, like really sick. This is years ago, so it wasn't COVID nineteen at all. But no, but looking back on it, I sometimes think that whatever I had back then was in the same family, because I got sick so bad, and I had this persistent cough that didn't go away for like six months. It was ridiculous. And then when I got sick again, like um, you know, right before the pandemic, if that was like late, late December, early January, I was sick for like a month. Um, and it was the same kind of thing where it was just that, that crazy persistent cough thing. And, you know, since then, like my allergies are completely jacked now. You know, I mean, I had kind of sort of allergies beforehand, but now it's like, you know, I walk into a room and vaguely smell, you know, paint or chemicals or dust and I'm just you know it's like my my everything is blown up and I can't breathe anymore and I have to use an inhaler now which just blows my mind you yeah, know that's another all, thing all right a lot of, of people are on the permanent inhaler yeah yeah they think they got it in January of 2020 so their whole thing was we're mm-hmm. pretty sure we had COVID but nobody called it COVID then weirdly enough mm-hmm. and how weird is this both of them this year have had sepsis. Now that's what? a pretty out oh, there no. thing to get. He got it from yeah. he got a bladder infection 
that from zero to like um, how long he'd had it, two weeks or something, turned into a kind of blood sepsis. Ooh. Like it went from his bladder to his kidneys and then turned into a sepsis from his, you know, the kidneys go into your blood system. Um, she had a very routine outpatient surgery and mm-hmm. got sepsis right after the surgery. And I think it's from the COVID. Like, people aren't just, you don't just get sepsis from, it just doesn't happen. The fact that two people yeah. in the same house would get sepsis the same year from two completely different things, I think it's just that our immune systems are weak. And I was with a friend the other night, and she was talking about how she was maybe going to get this deviated septum fix. And I was like, please, she just had COVID two months ago. I'm like, please, if you don't have to get a surgical procedure right now, do not get one because your immune system can't fight you back to health. Right. Exactly. People just aren't healing. So if you don't have to do it now, don't do it. Yeah, totally agree. No, no elective surgeries right now. (laughs) Right. And luckily they weren't doing them during COVID. So a lot of people got out of the habit of getting them done, which I think is really a good thing. But from a spiritual perspective, right, now we all need to band together because we're living in this world where all of us have had the same viral tornado tear up our trailer park, and now we're all in the same place of putting our lives back together. And it's a wonderful time for global empathy. It really is. It really is. Uh, and then, of course, we have the Ukraine thing happening, you know, and that I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just about to say, Russia didn't get that memo. They didn't but hopefully get, well, everybody else I, is, I would like to say, I would like to have faith in the Russian people, though. I would like to have faith yes. that it was just, Putin that it's didn't just get Putin. that memo. Yes. Yeah. Putin yeah. didn't get the memo. Um, yeah. He really Putin didn't. is not raising his <laughs> vibration. But you know but no. how people are taking care of the Ukrainians and how many people are housing them and feeding them and picking them up at the train station and providing diapers and bottles and, I mean, all of Eastern Europe. Those Eastern European leaders today going into the war-torn Ukraine to go talk to the prime minister, I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. And and, um, and, that, and the Zelensky, or however you say his name, I mean, he's just been, I had, you know, great. before all I had, he's been great. And all I knew about him before, I was like, oh, the, oh, the, the guy who used to be a comedian, you know? <laughs> like, right. Amazing, I didn't even know that, you know? Yeah. yeah. He used to be like an actor and a, I think a stand-up comedian as well, you know? And, yeah. and, and I know he was on been, like Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Some kind of I guess show. he was I on Ukrainian Dancing with the Stars. He was on Dancing with oh, the Stars, the Ukrainian. <laughs> yeah, is that hysterical? Yeah, but I like totally it he's not leaving. Like, I like the old days when the kings fought on the battlefield, like right at the yes. front. Same. You know, yeah, I like Queen, Queen Elizabeth I, right, on her horse leading the troops. Like the yeah. whole idea that we hide our leaders away so nobody can touch them. I I understand why, but I think for those three guys today, right, Czechoslovakia, Poland, and Romania, is that where? To honestly Mm -hmm. go into this place where everything is blowing up to go talk to this man when they could have very easily said to him, "Uh, let's do this by Skype or you come to us. I mean, I think that shows a strength and a badassery that is very awesome. And that's what a leader is, right? That should be the strongest person in the country, not somebody exactly. that we hide away somewhere. Yeah, not someone hiding away and posturing, you know, pretending to be tough and strong, but really 
fearful, exactly. you know. Hiding in a bunker. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I think that that is a beautiful thing because I think all those countries, it's funny because you talk about being a psychic, right? So I was watching the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, which I love the Olympics, by the way, because I love all the countries coming together with, with my family, with my girlfriend and her family. And, and they were, you know, they were, there was the Chinese prime minister and, you know, the Olympic head committee. And then Putin had gone to the Olympics. And he was, you know, hardly anybody went to the Olympics because of COVID, but Putin was there. Yeah. And he was standing in, like, the stands with nothing but his Secret Service guys glowering. And all I could think of, because, you know, when you're psychic, this gets in your head, right, was I bet mm-hmm. he's so pissed all those countries that used to belong to the USSR that are now free. And I bet he's yes. pissed that Russia used to always clean up at the Olympics because all those countries were his. And now they're yes. all gone. And sure enough, a week later, he invades the Ukraine. I could just feel it in him when I saw him. I don't want to be that weird psychic that claims to predict everything, because it wasn't a prediction of war. <laughs> it was feeling what was going on inside of him, and it was so icky. Mm-hmm. Like, these are my that countries sense, and these though. people belong to me, you know? Oh, totally. And I think the Olympics are what pushed him over the edge. I think all those countries winning medals is what pushed him right <laughs> over the edge. Because and I mean, talk about a, a gaslighting, back. right? And talk about a gaslighting narcissist. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh good God, he's like yeah. Yeah, he's like the poster child for it, you know? Oh, yeah, it's tr- it's, right. It's a, it's, well, I think all narcissists are pretty world. much the same, right? They're all they're all yeah. pretty much the same. My mom used to say you could stamp them out with a cookie cutter because they were all so much the same. Oh, Unfortunately so sad, for him, though. somebody he's just one that somebody gave missiles to, so that makes it a little right. worse. Yeah, yeah, don't give power to the you, narcissist. That's no good. <laughs> exactly. You are wonderful, my friend. Where can people find you online? And let's do this again soon. I'd love it. Yes, they can. The best place to find me is on my Instagram, American Witch 13. Um, I also am building a website very, very, very slowly, AmericanWitch13.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And when is your class and where can people find it? Oh, right, yes. Um, so the class starts on April 6th, and they can find it at thegreenmanstore.com, um, or they can just go to my Instagram, and there's a link in, my, in the bio. The very top link will take people right there. Fantastic. Go there, my friends, and do that. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I can't wait to see you face-to-face, and it's always an honor to be around you and, uh, oh, and to be with you. you. And thank you so much for once again doing the show, and you're just fantastic. Um, if everybody, if you wanted any of the information on Melissa and you missed that, please go to SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. That's SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. And... Uh, you can find out about me and my psychic services and everything I offer and everything that's going on and where you can watch shows. And you can find out about my fantastic guests. And if you send me an email or a text message, both of which are there, I will send you in the direction of any website for any guests I've had and anything that you want to know. Uh, also tonight I'll be live at Live Paranormal's video channel, which is facebook.com slash Paranormal. Uh, doing my um, I Am Raising Your Vibration, the companion to this. Free psychic readings. It's gonna, it's fun. I think you'll have a good time. And you can find me on social media everywhere at Sheena Metal and my uh, web TV talk show every Friday at 3 o'clock. 
is on um, kgredb.com or find past shows at kgra.com. And I'm here every Tuesday doing this show, 5 o'clock Pacific time, every Wednesday doing my Haunted Playground show, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Until I see you next week, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration. And I love you all, and I'll see you soon. Care of yourselves and take care of your loved ones and beware of the Pluto return. We're all going to get through this together. I love you all. Bye-bye.